everybody, and welcome to today's Strategy Academy podcast. I'm Christy Smith, VP of Clinical Strategies with Health Pro Heritage, and I am honored to have our guest here today, Elisa Bovey, also VP of Clinical Strategies for Health Pro Heritage. Hey, Elisa. Hey, Christy. How's it going? So nice to be it's back. It's great. I love having you on. You're always so informative and such a wealth of knowledge. So thank you for joining us today. I know that uh, our listeners will greatly benefit from the information that we have to share here today. Well, we certainly have two important things to talk about. So yeah, very important. And what that is for all of you listening out there is um, some new guidelines released from CMS regarding opening and visitation and also survey readiness and preparedness. And so Really two big, big topics as we continue to navigate this public health emergency amidst COVID. Um, and, you know, that public health emergency is in place for exactly one month from today when we're recording, you know, 1023. Wouldn't be surprised if it extends beyond that, um, you know, with cases still actively popping up in many, many areas, um, you know, geography wise. So let's talk a little bit more about this, Lisa. So what specifically did CMS release last week with regards to, and let's start with the visitation piece of it first, with regards to the visitation piece, you know, what is uh, the new recommendations that they are putting out there for folks? Yeah. So first of all, the memo that went out is dated September 17th and the memo is directed to the state survey agency directors. So we get this information so that we know what the expectations are of the surveyors. And this document they put out is a brief seven pages. It's a quick read. And it's what surveyors should be attuned to when they come into facilities. So there's a little bit of new guidance for visitation um, of nursing homes during COVID. Um, and it actually talks a little bit about utilizing some funds, the CMP or the civil money penalty funds. Um, but the, what I read through the document, I sort of focused on the survey considerations. So they summarize those considerations and they look at um, communication with the resident, um, making sure they have access to people inside and outside the facility. And they mm -hmm. show you the, the specific app tags, right? Yeah. Um, they talk about, you know, making sure that they are limiting visitors, but that they can't exclude people from coming without good reason. So that's really, really important. Yeah. That the facility needs to facilitate in-person visits, and they just need to make sure that they have um, good clinical and safety cause if they're going to limit or exclude people. So I thought that was, you know, some good guidance. Right. Uh, so I'm thinking back, like, to the screening process that everyone has in place then, like, yes. suspected risk, right? So, like, if somebody had traveled recently or had symptoms, God forbid, or, you know, had any cause to believe that they had been in contact with someone with COVID, obviously that's reason to limit the visitation from that said individual. But if you have families that are quarantining and, re in, you know, have no low risk, I shouldn't say no risk because everyone has risk, but have low risk and there's a milestone or an instance where that visit would be beneficial to the psychosocial health of the resident, then they're saying don't necessarily limit those at the discretion of the provider. Right. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've been worried this whole time when we think about our residents, right? Like social isolation is oh, very yeah. significant. So I like that they're sort of looking at both sides 
And then as well, looking at making sure that facilities are adhering to infection control practices and the surveyors are looking for any non-compliance. So this is where that civil monies penalty funds come in because they're actually extending what those funds could be used for. So it could be for tents, clear dividers. Um, you can have up to $3,000 to look at maybe installing a tent or looking at life safety code requirements, um, you know, making sure those are met while, while you're adding. We've talked in the past about if they might be iPads, things like that. So it's a great opportunity for facilities, you know, in the Northeast, the weather is about to turn. So we need to make sure, you know, if we're doing outside visits, other parts of the country, it's easier for them. Maybe if they have an outside porch area, you know, people can social distance and be apart. But what are some of the infection control things that they would need? CMS is now approving more funds um, or allowing facilities to build additional things for those. I love that. We've been talking about that a lot with the road to reopening with our partners and redesigning physical space. And, you know, what an optimal time right now to be able to think about doing that too with like the beautiful fall weather approaching. And, you know, just it's really great timing to kind of get folks out for that fresh air, like you said, tents and dividers. And how do we allow that human interaction while maintaining safe social distancing? And, um, you know, I think that that's applaudable that they're, you know, extending those funds to be able to include items like that because, again, we see the amazing impact that it will have on our residents and how hard that social isolation is and detrimental in many regards. Exactly, exactly. So in looking at the visitation piece, um, I just wanted to mention before we let folks go that the second document that um, was posted by CMS um, and it's the Coronavirus Commission on Safety and Quality in Nursing Homes. So this is actually run by MITRE. Um, you have a copy of this, right, Christy? Mm -hmm. Yep. Great. Now, this is a little bit of a longer document, 186 pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've been sharing it, right, with our partners so that they are aware of these recommendations because there were distinct number of recommendations that CMS posted that came out of this yeah. um, report. Um, so, you know, the purpose was to uh, rapid and effective identification and mitigation of coronavirus and looking at what are best practices for infection control. They talked about um, best practices for improved care delivery, knowing that, you know, we're preparing or during this public health emergency um, so, I, you know, so looking to the future, if we were, you know, hopefully never, but this to happen again, and then looking at um, sources for infection control policies and looking at uh, coordinated efforts of the federal surveyors and contractors um, to also help with mitigating for future emergencies. That was kind of their, their goal. Um, and so they have... Um, a number of different recommendations. They talk about 27 different recommendations, which we're certainly wow. not going to have time to go through today. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, they talk about like screening and, you know, asymptomatic people that came out recently as well in an article that it's so important to screen everybody and to test when there's any question that somebody was exposed. 
because it, we've seen so many asymptomatic people and those people, right, are clearly carrying yeah. and putting the at-risk populations at a higher level right. of risk. Um, and then, you know, they talked about, um, <coughs> excuse me, making sure that there is um, transparent communication um, between residents and their loved ones, that it's very accessible and that we're informing residents and their families of anything that's going on. They talk about training, tons and tons of training so that we can support and protect um, our direct care providers, right? We want to protect them. Yeah. But we also want to make sure that, they, you know, they're protecting our residents. Um, and then looking at um, making sure that that data collection, that people are reporting that we're getting true numbers. That's the scary piece is that when the numbers are sort of, we've got facilities who have false positives, right? And so we had a lab that, you know, there was one in Massachusetts that was putting out false numbers. So really trying to keep a handle on the data um, and, and making sure that you're verifying if you're having a number of people have extreme symptoms, but they're coming back negative, you know, is that accurate or someone who you know was um, exposed, but maybe is asymptomatic, making sure that you do a second test if initially it comes back negative, you know, things yeah. of that nature. <clears throat> so kind of in general, they talked about testings and screening. They talk about PPE and equipment. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. The three month recommendation for the procurement of that. I think that's probably a standard out there and most folks have that, but I think that's critical right now as we anticipate a possible second wave. I know, I know. It, it, no one wants to talk about it, right? It sort of gives you a pit in your stomach, but mm -hmm. that's the purpose of this is to really be prepared and to look at, um, you know, visitation, which we, which we just talked about. Look at cohorting and, and how we will be prepared. You know, they say we weren't prepared for this. And in some instances, nursing homes are so regulated that we had a level of preparation, but with the whole rest of the public, you know, impacting what's happening yeah. inside our walls that, right. you know, really disrupted everything going on. So, you know, not just looking at internally, but what's happening externally and how we can really more carefully monitor our visitation and our communication and then looking at our workforce, right, and keeping them safe and making sure that if we have any um, anything that we need that's technical, you know, there's additional funding for that and making sure that um, we have the resources, meaning not necessarily financial, but what is out there in the industry? And CMS just posted um, the recommendations that came out. We were just talking about the visitation and communication and protecting our workforce and making sure that we have all of our systems in place and that we can trace back, right? We're, as you talked about the screening people and getting their names and emails and phone numbers, just like the restaurants and any other entities are doing these days, looking at our resources and making sure that if there are any enhancements that we need, if we've got short-term stays, you know, how do we um, set up our units to keep people safe and to allow, uh, as we talked about, visitation and then keeping our data as true as possible. Um, and again, you know, there's 27 different recommendations. We will provide this document for people, but that's sort of a summary 
um, unless there's anything I missed, Christy? No, I think that's great. And like you said, we can certainly provide that document if you want to email us at strategypodcast at healthpro-heritage.com. We'll be happy to share that. But I also just wanted to plug our landing page, our resource page for COVID-19. Um, it's healthpro-heritage.com forward slash COVID-19. Um, we talked a lot about communication today, proactive communication with our associates, with our family members, with our residents. We actually have a communication toolkit that we put out at the end of March in partnership with Gerard & Co. And I think that that was something widely utilized um, and might still be really beneficial to folks uh, for folks to peek at today. Um, you know, it was certainly widely utilized when we had the pandemic first hit. Um, and, you know, I think that there's certainly a time and place for it to be reviewed and even incorporated in today's best practices. So I just wanted to plug that one more time as these recommendations and themes from the document, um, you know, kind of ring true of how critical effective communication really is and collaboration and proactive readiness and all of those great things that we talked about. So this was really helpful. Um, Thank you so much, Elisa. And to all our listeners out there, if you have any questions, you know how to reach us, strategypodcast at healthpro-heritage.com. Uh, but we look forward to bringing you more latest and greatest information as we receive it. So stay tuned. Thank you again, Elisa. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well.